This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Greg Jarrett. I'm Shannon Bream. I'm Steve Ducey, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. I'm John Saucier. Every moment that passes, a surge in the North Atlantic Ocean gets a little more desperate. The Coast Guard, the Navy, the Canadians, even now the French, are all pitching in to try and find a submersible that's gone missing. This craft was supposed to be heading down to the site of the Titanic shipwreck, but now they don't know where it is. We're basically right now looking for a needle in a haystack. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. The world is awaiting word on a submersible ship operated by Ocean Gate Expeditions as a tourism vessel, which was heading for the most famous shipwreck in the world. We still don't know the five people on board ever made it to Titanic, but we do know they're in a lot of trouble. If you really start from the beginning, it takes a lot of willpower and a lot of imagination to be able to um, uh, make these submersibles that can go to this environment. We're speaking today with Tom Maddox, founder and director of Underwater Forensics Investigators. He made an expedition himself to the Titanic back in 2005. I think the first thing you have to realize is the target zone that the Titanic is in is in uh, two and a half miles deep or 12,500 feet of water. And when you think about submersibles and submarines and the, the exploration that we've done underwater, uh, it's all been much, much shallower than that. No, there very rarely can you build a vessel that will withstand that kind of pressure for those kind of time periods. Because of the location in the ocean, you're talking about hiring ships on, you know, to be motherships to support the crew. Then you have a crew and engineers and scientists to launch the vessel. And then, of course, you have to deal with Mother Nature with the tides, the currents, the weather, the sea state, the cold, the visibility the, or lack of visibility and so many things. It's basically the Mount Everest of the ocean. And uh, it's it's not easy to reach. No, and it sounds like with all these factors, too, you really need perfect conditions. And that not only goes for actual physical conditions, you talk about the money that's being spent on getting a crew out there and getting people who want to do it, all of that, too. Just uh, everything kind of needs to come together perfectly. Let's get you right to the point, though, to when you're jumping into one of these submersibles and ready to go down into the North Atlantic to try and find that wreckage site. What's it like inside of one of these little ships? Well, they're very tight and small, first of all. When you look at the pictures of the submersible, they're, they're actually, even though they're small, they're much larger than the inside. Uh, and the mirror subs, the Russian subs that we did our dive in, it was basically a six-foot sphere. And inside that sphere was loaded with equipment, uh, electronic equipment, scrubbing machines to scrub the air, 
and a lot of uh, data being collected plus camera equipment. So it's a very tight position. You're basically in a fetal position for 12 hours while you're on the dive. And when you start the dive, it's very, very hot inside because you close off, you don't have air flowing, people are generating heat and the equipment's generating heat. But uh, remarkably, once you start down, the temperature starts to drop considerably. And even though it seems um, kind of unreasonable, but uh, on the bottom of the Titanic, the water temperature usually runs about 31 degrees, which is below freezing. But because it's saline salt water, it uh, doesn't solidify. So the temperature is extremely cold. It doesn't take long for that submersible to conduct that heat out of the sub and the temperature drops very, very quickly to the point of almost freezing. And you mentioned 12 hours in the same position. How many? How long does it take to get down to that Titanic site? Well, I'm not sure what the Ocean Gate descent time was was forecast at. The mirror subs that we dove it was two and a half hours down and two and a half hours back up. Okay, and after that two and a half hours, you're going through the dark of the Atlantic, and finally you reach the bottom, and boom, there's Titanic. What is that feeling like when you first come upon this epic ship and this epic shipwreck site? It's incredible. Now, we used a little bit different um, navigation system. We used triangulation where we had three buoys uh, set out in the ocean bottom that we could actually triangulate and uh, immediately know the location of the sub in, in coordination with the wreckage. So when we drop down, we drop to the bottom. And when you turn on the lights and look out because you're in complete blackness, you turn on the lights and it looks like a moonscape. And then the sub turns around and there's the hull of the ship, those iconic pictures that we see all the time of the, the bow of the, the Titanic. And it's just the most unbelievable sight you've ever seen. I mean, it was truly a highlight of my life and my career to be able to be there. You want to reach out through the porthole and, and just grab it. Uh, it, it it's a, it's a mind-blowing experience. Mind-blowing, but it's got to be dangerous, too. You talk about the triangulation that you use to get down there to pinpoint exactly where your sub was. This is a very large wreckage site. There's all sorts of barnacles growing on it, all sorts of obstacles, and you're just floating around in this small little submarine trying to navigate it. How dangerous is it, and how dangerous does it feel when you're down there? Well, to, to any adventurer, to explorer, we, we always have to weigh the risk of the danger. Certainly, every time... Uh, a submersible is deployed, there is danger. You weigh that risk, you you put your faith in the crew, hopefully you know uh, the equipment and the, the the abilities of the of the crew and of the the systems. Um, but you accept that risk. You know, um, just five days before my trip in 2005, a Russian AS-28 sub got tangled up and um, uh, incapacitated in 600 feet of water. And there was another rescue operation similar to this. And they were luckily able after, I think, 72 hours or so to bring that sub back to the surface. Of course, that was only 600 feet of water. We're talking 12,500 feet. So it complicates matters immensely. Every explorer accepts that responsibility and that, that possibility that uh, this could be a, a dangerous mission. Looking for a trace of life? near a world-famous watery grave. Today, we're talking about a submersible that was on expedition to the Titanic wreck site and hasn't been heard from since. The Coast Guard so far seems baffled, not having found a clue as of the recording of this podcast. And at this point, will they ever find this sub and the five people on board? Today, we're talking to someone who's not only been to the Titanic site himself, but knows people deeply involved in this mission. 
Tom Maddox, founder and director of Underwater Forensic Investigators, has firsthand knowledge about how dangerous this type of dive can be and has a unique perspective on the search for a missing sub. We'll have much more about what he knows about the search coming up next. Dangerous indeed. We're speaking with Tom Maddox. He's founder and director of Underwater Forensics and... He actually went down to the Titanic site in 2005, flash forward to 2023, Tom, and we got a problem. This Ocean Gate Expeditions company, they confirmed they're searching for what was a five-person submersible. And the Coast Guard so far, they gave us an update today saying they don't have a clue so far, even though they've searched thousands of square miles for the submersible. Do you think this submersible ever even made it to the wreckage site? You know, I, I don't know, and I and I hate at this point to even speculate. Our worst fears are that there was a catastrophic failure, and in that case, it would have been uh, instantaneous. If they have managed to survive and they they the systems are somewhat intact, and at least the hull is intact, they could be on the bottom, and rescue certainly is uh, worth pursuing and possible for these souls to to bring them back to the surface. But the longer we wait. But the longer we go without answers, the harder it's going to be. It would be so much more beneficial to us if we had a ping or sounds or something we could track to that sub. But we're basically right now looking for a needle in a haystack. Absolutely. I mean, you talk about all that water there and just how deep they might have been. It really is so scary. Apparently, this particular submersible was designed so that if there was a problem, it would automatically flood over the surface. Obviously, they haven't found it on the surface quite yet. You think they would notice it there or at least get some sort of ping, as you mentioned. One theory that I've been reading about is that this submersible somehow got snared on something, maybe even at the bottom. Do you think that's a distinct possibility? Well, absolutely is a possibility. When we dove in 2005, the Russians deployed two subs at the same time, Mir 1 and Mir 2, so that our dives are both, uh, both subs are in the water during the dive. And hopefully if there was some kind of a problem, we can render assistance. On my dive in particular, one, Mir 1 uh, reported that they were snagged on a piece of the stern section that the current had pushed them in up against the ledge. And we were standing by ready to go see if we could help. Now that's limited. I mean, that's not a, a, a sure thing. But because we have articulating arms on the outside of the sub, it's possible that we could grab them, you know, un untangle them if possible. But again, you're talking about working inside a six-foot capsule, looking out of a nine-inch porthole and trying to um, work a manipulation arm against something that you don't really know about. Luckily, in that situation, they were able to manipulate away from the current and back themselves out. But it's always a possibility and always a fear. Yeah, indeed. And it just kind of made me wonder, like, how difficult do you think it'd be to maybe send some sort of drone ship down there if they were stuck? Or is it even worth it knowing that they might not even be near the Titanic site? Well, those those are problems facing it. Now, I know that there are there are no manned submersibles that are capable of reaching that depth. So we do know of a couple of ROVs or remote operated unmanned vehicles. Well, my understanding from my contacts within the Navy are that the Navy has deployed uh, a system on their way to St. John, Newfoundland and to board a ship, and hopefully they'll get there within that, that air time limit. Um, but they do have capabilities, my understanding is of about 17,000 feet. But you have to remember that they're umbilical to the surface, they are tethered. And when you drop a vehicle 17 or 12,000 feet down, it's at straight down to 12,000 feet. So 
you have to work horizontally as well. So you're limited with how far that ROV can go side to side or in a circle. It's only going to really work if they get lucky or if they know the precise location of the of the Ocean Gate sub, the Titan. If they can find that, then they can drop down much closer and have a much better possibility of retrieving the sub. But then if they don't even know the sub is there, it's like, what's the point, right? They're taking risk for no reason. So really just getting an idea of where this sub is first, I guess the main priority. Tom Maddox, you are a prominent figure in the whole scene here, the whole community of the underwater explorers and those who are enthusiastic about learning more about not only the Titanic shipwreck or others, but this is obviously a major incident here. And I want to know, what is the underwater community saying about this? Do you think this could mean the end of Titanic exploration, especially so at the tourism level? I don't know, and I hate to speculate. We, we do have, uh, I do have friends on board the vessel right now. Uh, well, a very good friend of mine was actually supposed to be on that particular dive and uh, for one reason or another had to cancel the trip. So he, he, he wasn't there. So it, it does hit close to home. We're not going to speculate on what happened uh, at this point right now. We're just praying that everybody is found safe and returned to the surface. Um, I don't know what the future holds. A lot of that becomes political. And uh, certainly, again, we talked about money. It becomes about being able to raise funds to be able to continue exploration. There's always going to be some blowback. We'll just have to wait and see how extreme that is. Absolutely. I can't believe the story about the guy who's supposed to be on there and isn't. That's mind-blowing. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty incredible. I have another friend that's on the uh, mothership who is scheduled to be diving. He's part of the crew, but he did uh, manage to message me on uh, Monday and inform me he was not in the sub. So while that's good news, we are worried about the other people. Any idea of the the climate, the feeling on that mothership right now? I mean, they just must feel so desperate with all this. I'm sure they do, particularly that Stockton Rush, the CEO of, of Ocean Gate, was in the sub. So they've basically lost that leadership to what extent. I don't know the, how that is, but I'm sure that these are professionals and they're going to uh, try to hold their emotions aside to do what they need to do in the time frame. And uh, hopefully they'll be able to uh, get through it all. But right now, I'm sure they're just focused they basically have hit radio silence and asked us not to contact them because they don't want to tie up bandwidth, make sure that they can do everything they can. Right now, I think it relies on the Navy getting there and, and deploying some of their assets. Yeah, absolutely. Until then, the only thing we're worried about are the five people reported on board and bringing them home safe, figuring out what happened. Tom Maddox, founder and director of Underwater Forensics. We appreciate your time and our thoughts are with you, your friends. And again, let's hope we can bring these people back safe. Thanks for joining us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition podcast. Thanks for having me and uh, we pray that they come back safe. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts.